0: Amen. So good to see you guys. You're going to be turning in your Bibles to the book of Matthew chapter 16 this morning. Matthew chapter 16 while you're turning there in your Bibles, Let me just go ahead and tell some folks it's good to see you this morning. So good to see you in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Amen. It's good to have all the family, all of us, all you members of faith. It's good to have everybody here. I know we got some off traveling. It's good to have you here. It's good to have visitors. I know you guys, there's churches all over Troop County, some amazing churches in Troop County. You could have gone anywhere, but you're here. I want you know it's good to have you. If, you. if you don't mind, if you take a look there and appear in front of you, it should be one of these information packets. If you just take that out, it's yours to keep. If there's not one there, there's plenty in the for you. You guys in the balcony, sorry, you don't have them in the front of yours, but there's a table in the back back there that's got them. And when you come downstairs, inside there, there's a connection card. If you don't mind, if you just take that card out and you'd fill it out, uh, after the service, if you got a minute, I would love to get to meet you. I'd, I'd love to have you come down front, bring me the card, and now I've got a, a really nice gift basket I'd love to give you. But I know it's Easter, and we got pictures, and we got all these places to go. So if you can't come down, I understand. If you don't mind, just take this card, maybe you drop it back there in the back. But I do want you to know it's a, it's a joy to have you with us this morning. It's a joy to have all of your children workers up here. I know you guys are always laboring and slaving and working back there in the back, taking care of the children. And, and all the moms and dads right about now, since you get your children with you, you're saying, thank you for all you do, right? But it's a blessing to have the children in here with us this morning. It's a blessing to have the children in, in the house of the Lord when we can all worship together. And I got one more, one more that I want to say welcome to before we get started here in Matthew chapter 16, because I've been that guy. There there are some people here, truth be known, you probably ain't been in church since last Easter. Might have come at Christmas. I've been that guy. I want you to know we're glad you're here. See, I've been that guy that I was here for one reason, to get somebody off my back. You know what I'm talking about? Matter of fact, on the day I got saved 37 years ago, all reason I went, I thought was to get my girlfriend who is now my wife off my back. But I now know it wasn't her. It was the Holy Spirit that was on my back the whole time. And that was the reason that that I went. Matter of fact, 37 years ago today on Easter Sunday morning, I got baptized because four months prior to that, I went to church just to get somebody off my back. So I want you to know this morning I've been that guy. It's good to have you here this morning. Nobody came here to judge you. Everybody here loves you. I've been the guy who lived down in South Georgia. Go home. If you're a mama's house, you got to go to church, right? Come back. My friends be like, you went to what? You went to church? I didn't know you knew how to get in the door of a church. Yeah, I've been that guy. Anybody know what I'm talking about? They ask questions like, man, did the building fall? Did the doors fall off the hinges? I've been that guy, but, but can I tell you if that's you this morning, the building's not going to fall, all of heaven is rejoicing because you're here, the doors ain't going to fall off the hinges, but the doors of heaven are going to open wide to anybody that needs Jesus Christ as a personal Lord and Savior, the, the, the lights aren't going to go out, well, i will probably be careful saying that with all this weather we've been having that night. I always went out the other night for no reason at all in the middle of the night, I'll make this promise to you. The only light that matters ain't going to go out. The light of the Lord Jesus Christ ain't never going to go out. So I just want you to know this morning, it don't matter why you're here, it don't matter how you got here, it don't matter who begged you to come or who forced you to come or who bribed you to come, I can tell you this, you were here at a divine appointment with the Holy Spirit of God. He made a special arrangement for you to be in the house of the Lord at Faith Baptist Church, 552 Hammett Road this morning. And God has something special in store for everybody in this place, no matter why you're here. Amen? Amen. 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 Matthew chapter 16, we'll read our text if you want to want to look there. We're going to begin reading down in verse number 13. It says that when Jesus came to the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, whom do men say that I, the son of man, am? They said, well, some say thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, but whom say ye that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. I want to look for just a few minutes. You probably have an outline there on the bulletin you got this morning. You may already have your title. But Jesus asked us one question. Who do you say that I am? Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for loving me in spite of me. Thank you for loving us in spite of us. Thank you for coming to the cross because of us. Thank you, God, and for pouring your blood out for us. Thank you, God, for the empty grave, Lord, and the promise to us. Thank you, Father, for this day. Thank you for these, your people in this place. God, I pray for everybody in this house, for all those that are your children. I pray a special anointing and a blessing for anyone who may be lost and undone. That one closest to hell today, Father, may your Holy Spirit draw. May there be souls saved in this place, God. God, around this world, across this country. God, I pray today that your spirit would be poured out, that you do a mighty work. God, I pray most of all right here in this place, may everything that we do be pleasing to you. We love you, God. We trust you. We thank you and we praise you in the precious, sweet, and holy name of Jesus. And all of God's people said... Amen. So here in our text this morning, Jesus was over at the coast of Magdala where he fed the multitudes a second time. That's the story of the 4,000, not the 5,000, but he fed the multitude. And then the Pharisees came came and the Bible says that they they tempted him. They questioned him. They wanted to know uh, uh, what kind of sign are you going to give us. And he gave them a a promise. He said, no sign is going to be given except for that of Jonas." And of course, he's talking about the sign that he's already given. Of course, Jonah was three days in the belly of a whale. So shall the Son of Man be three days in the heart of the earth. So he was prophesying ahead to this day. You're not going to see a sign yet, but there's a day coming, Easter Sunday morning. I'm going to walk out of that grave. So so, so he made the promise. They get back in the boat. They they go over to to Caesarea Philippi, and, and Jesus is asking the disciples this question. He said, Whom do men say that I am? Well... Some of them said you're John the Baptist, come back from the dead. Some some, you're Elijah, Jeremiah. Some of them say you're one of the great prophets. But I'll be honest, that question's an icebreaker. That's something to get the disciples talking. That's something to get them plugged in. That's something to get them going. And then Jesus gets down to the important question, what he really wants to know. What about you? What about you? Who do you say that I am? I'm not, I'm not worried about the guys you work with. I'm not talking about who you go to school with. I'm not talking about your neighbors. I'm not talking about your friends. I'm not worried about what anybody else says. What I want to know is who do you say that I am? See, at the end of the day, who is Jesus to you is really all that's going to matter. The the word of God here makes no bones about who Jesus is. The the word of, of God is very detailed, very clear, very bold about who Jesus is. The Bible tells us a lot of things about Jesus. But it's up to every individual to decide the answer to the question that Jesus asked right here. Who is Jesus to you? Of the 66 books of this Bible, there's not a book in here that does not talk about who Jesus Christ is. 1189 chapters. There's not a chapter in here that does not talk about who Jesus Christ is. Matter of fact, there's about 1,700 or so pages. I think 1,684 pages, I believe, is what's in this King James Bible of mine between Genesis 1 and Revelation 22. And there's not a page in the Scriptures that does not have some kind of reflection as to who Jesus Christ is. So if I really just wanted to know who Jesus is, well, I can look in the Bible. The Bible tells us here in Genesis that he's the seed of the woman. In Exodus, he's the Passover lamb. In Leviticus, he's the anointed high priest. In Numbers, he's the star of Jacob. In Deuteronomy, he is the rock of ages. In Joshua, he's the captain of the host. In Judges, he's the messenger of Jehovah. In Ruth, he is our kinsman redeemer. First Samuel, he's the great judge. Second Samuel, the seed of David. First King, the Lord God of Israel. Second King's the God of the cherubim. First Chronicles, he's the God of our salvation. Second Chronicles, he's the God of our father. And Ezra, he's the Lord of heaven and earth. Nehemiah, he's the covenant-keeping God. And Esther, he's the God of providence. And Job, he is the risen and the returning redeemer. In Psalms, he is the anointed one, the holy one, king of glory, our rod and our staff which comforts us. In Proverbs, he's the wisdom of God. Ecclesiastes, he's the one above the sun. Song of Solomon, he's the rose of Sharon. Lily of the valley, chiefest among 10,000. In Isaiah, he's the foundation, virgin born Emmanuel, wonderful, counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. The glory of God, the holy one of Israel, our redeemer and our refuge. In Jeremiah, he is the Lord, our righteousness. In Lamentations, he's the faithful and compassionate God. In Ezekiel, he is the Lord is there. No matter what your problem is, he's there. Daniel, he's the fourth man in the fire and the keeper of the lion's mouth. In Hosea, he's king of the resurrection. In Joel, he's the God of the battle, giver of spirit. In Amos, he's the God of hosts. Obadiah, he's the destroyer of the proud. In Jonah, he is the long-suffering one. Thank you, Jesus. In Micah, he is the God of Jacob and the judge of all the earth. In Nahum, he is the avenging God, the one that bringeth good tidings. In Habakkuk, he is the everlasting pure, the anointed one. Zephaniah, he is the king of Israel. Haggai, the desire of all nations. In Zechariah, he is the branch, the builder of the temple, the pierced one, king of the earth. In Malachi, he is the Lord of remembrance and the purifier of our souls. Matthew, he's the bridegroom, master, Emmanuel, the Christ, king of the Jews. And you ready? Friend of sinners. Somebody ought to say amen. In Mark, he's the servant, the holy one of God. In Luke, he's a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes. The day spring. In John, he is the word. The word was with God and the word was God. He is the lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. Seven times in the book of John, Jesus said, I am. He said, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the good shepherd. I am the door. I am the resurrection. I am the true vine. I am the way, the truth. And the life. He is the water of life, the only begotten of the Father, the brazen serpent in the wilderness, and the door of our salvation. In the book of Acts, he is the ascended, Lord, and the one who will return, just as they saw him go. Romans, he's our deliverer, the Lord, our righteousness. First Corinthians, he's our resurrection. First, groups, first fruits of the grave, the gift of God. Second Corinthians, he is the God of all comfort. Galatians, he's the seed of Abraham, redeemer from the law. Ephesians, he's the head of the church and the chief cornerstone. In Philippians, he's the supplier of your every need. In Colossians, he is the fullness of God. First Thessalonians, the comforter of our souls and the coming Christ. Second Thessalonians, the consuming Christ. First Timothy, the ransom, savior of sinners. Second Timothy, he's the seed of David, the righteous judge. In Titus, he is our great God and savior. Philemon, he is the payer of our debt. In Hebrews, he is the image of God, the author and finisher of our faith, our mediator, our high priest, the captain of our salvation, the great shepherd, and our great intercessor. In James, he is the ever-present God. First Peter, he's the unblemished lamb, the chief shepherd, the Lord of glory. Second Peter, he is the beloved son. First John, he is our advocate and our propitiation. Second John, he is the Lord Jesus Christ, son of the father. Third, third John, he is the truth in the book of Jude he is the preserver and only wise God the one who pulled us out of the fire hating even the garment that was spotted by the flesh in revelation he is the faithful witness alpha and omega the beginning and the end the first and the last the lion of the tribe of Judah the root of David the one who hath prevailed he is the reaper of the harvest king of kings Lord of Lords, Bright and Morning Star. The Bible is very clear about who Jesus is. If all we wanna know is who he is, all we gotta do is turn to the scriptures. In the gospel, we learn that he is the Christ. He is the Messiah which is to come. He's the one who was promised before the foundation of the world, born of a virgin, the sinless son of God, lived 33 and a half years in this life on this earth, in the body, in the form of a man, climbed up on an old rugged cross, Poured out his blood for remission of sin. Nobody killed him. He said, no man taketh my life. I lay it down freely. I have the power to lay it down. I have the power to take it up again. I have been given this power from my father. 72,000 angels stood with swords drawn. Waiting for a whisper of his breath. To annihilate all of mankind from the face of the earth. But when he opened his mouth. All he said was, father forgive them. For they know not what they do. He's the one who. Looked up on that cross there in Luke 23, and, and, and this, old, this old sinner, and all of his shame, and, and all of his guilt, and all of his crime, and everything he had to say, he looked over, and he said, Lord, remember me. Remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. Jesus said today, right. huh. not next week, not, not next year. Not night when the trumpet sounds, night of the resurrection. No, today, on this day, thou shalt be with me in paradise. He's the one in John chapter 19 that looked up to the Father, and he said, it is finished. I have finished the work that you gave me to do. The debt for the souls of men has been paid. Forgiveness of sin is made available. And whosoever will, whosoever shall, let him call upon the name of the Lord, and he shall be saved. Eternal life is available to whosoever will. Let him come. Sin had its sacrifice. Death was the price. The debt was paid. Only one thing remained. And it was that grave. He's the one. Luke chapter 24. When the women came to the tomb. Wondering who was going to roll the stone away. And the angel stood there. In the end of chapter 5, or the end of verse number 5, in the beginning of verse number 6, he looked at the women and he asked one simple question. Why seek ye the living among the dead? He's not here. He is risen. He's the one in Acts chapter 1, when Jesus ascended up into the heavens before the multitude of the crowd. the two men in white apparel, looked at them all and said, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into the heaven?" This same Jesus, which you've seen taken up before you into into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you've seen him go. He's the one who came. He's the one who bled. He's the one who paid. He's the one who arose. He's the one who went. And he's the one that's coming back. The price of sin is paid in full. Death has its price. Now on Easter Sunday morning... The grave has been conquered. The tomb is empty. Eternal life is now offered. The choice is yours. So if the question were who is Jesus. Well all we'd have to do is just turn to the scriptures. And read. Because the Bible tells us everything we need to know about who Jesus is. But the question that he asked there is not who am I. It's not who am I to the church. It's not who am I to others? The question is very simple. Who am I to you? An individual question. Nobody knows the answer but you, right? See, see, the Bible makes it clear that, that yes, he is Lord, but the question is, is he your Lord? Have you asked him to be Lord of, of your life? The answer is yes, he is the Savior. But the question is, is he your savior? Have you asked him to save your soul to write your name in the Lamb's book of life? The word of God makes it very clear. He is the redeemer, make no mistakes about it. He is the redeemer. The question that Jesus asked is, am I your redeemer? Have you asked him to redeem your soul from hell? Have you been set free from from your sins? Have you been set free from your past? Have you been set free from the chains of sin and death? Free from hell, from the things that bind. Have you been set free from the torment and the things that are there? Simple question. Are you going to heaven when you die? Just cut the trace. Just one simple question. Based on the blood of Jesus Christ, who is it to you? Are you going to heaven when you die? It's a very simple question. Jesus said, enough enough about everybody else. What I want to know is who am I to you? So, it's a very simple first question. Is he Lord of your life? So, if he is, if your name's written, your sins are washed away, all things are passed away, are they? All things have become new, have they? If you truly have asked Christ to save you, is everything different? Do you do the things that the Bible says do? Because Jesus said in Luke chapter 6, verse 46, Why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you to whom he's like. He's like a man which built in an a house and dig deep, and he laid the foundation on a rock. When the flood arose and the stream beat vehemently upon that house, and could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. Verse number 49. He that heareth and doeth not, Like a man that without a foundation built a house upon the earth against when the stream did beat vehemently and immediately it fell. And the ruin of that house was great. So Jesus simplifies the question right before us. Is Jesus the rock? Is Jesus the the chief cornerstone, the, the firm foundation upon which your salvation stands? Because if Jesus is not your foundation, then you have no foundation at all. Life is full of choices. Make choices every day. You you made a choice to be here this morning. For whatever reason, for for whatever reason you got up, for whoever taught, for whatever persuasion, the bottom line is everybody made a choice to be here today so that Jesus could ask one simple question, who am I to you? So everybody in the place has heard about Jesus. You know about who he is. You know his redeemer. You probably heard it a lot of times before you ever came here this morning. But if you've never heard it before, you've heard it now. So we all know who Jesus is. But the question is what will you do with what you hear? Luke chapter 8, Jesus, here he's given us a parable to describe what happens when you take the word of God and you hand it out to people. Jesus is describing and, and you got three things. you got the sower, you got the seed, and you have the soil. The sower is anyone who takes the word of God and casts it out among people. The, the, the seed is the word of God that is cast out. But, but then the, the, the type of soil Jesus describes here, he says in chapter 8 of Luke, verse number 5, a sower went out to sow a seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside. It was trodden down, and the fowls of the air devoured it. Some, some fell upon a rock. As soon as it was sprung up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. Some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. The other fell on good ground, sprang up and bare fruit an hundredfold. When he said these sayings, he cried, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Now once they separated themselves from the multitude... And they got into an alone place. The disciples came and they wanted to know what the parable meant. They wanted a a simple explanation. In verse number 11, Jesus gives the simple explanation. The parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are they that hear. Then cometh the devil, taketh away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. They heard it. They heard it, but they didn't do anything with it. And the devil stole it away. So they weren't saved. He says in verse number 13, they that are on the rock are they which hear and they receive the word with joy, but these have no root and which for a while believe and in a time of temptation fall away. He, that which fell among the thorns are they which when they have heard, they go forth and they're choked with the cares and the riches and the pleasures of this life and they bring no fruit to perfection. But that on the good ground, that are they which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, Kept it and bring forth fruit with patience. So there's a lot of questions. Who is Jesus to you? Have you ever been saved? Are you living a life pleasing to God? But every one of those questions is answered by one simple thing How are we living our life? Jesus said that a tree is known by its fruit you'll know what kind of tree it is by the fruit that it produces. If it's a good tree, it's because it has a good root and it produces good fruit. But if it's not producing good fruit, it's not a good tree, which means it doesn't have a good root. So, so in all honesty, the answer to the questions before us about who is Jesus and am I saved and am I living a life pleasing to God is right there. What kind of life am I living? Because the kind of life that I'm living is the answer to the question that Jesus asked. Who am I to you? If he is my Lord, I'm going to live like he is my Lord. If he is my redeemer, I am going to live like I have been redeemed. If he is my comfort, I'm not going to be drugged down by the cares of this world. If he is my strength, I'm not going to be burdened by situations and things that come about in my life. If he is indeed Lord of my life, everybody around me is going to know that he is my Lord. Because I'm going to live in a way that people see Christ in me and Christ through me. If he's my Lord. It's a fair question. And to be honest, the the answer to the question carries an eternal difference. Heaven or hell. That's the weight of this choice of who Jesus is. It's a very simple question and it's a very simple choice, but it's very important because our eternal, our eternal life, our eternal destiny hangs on the answer to this question. Who is Jesus? There's not another option. Jesus said that he's the way, the truth and the life. We just saw in the book of John, there is no other way. And he says that I'm the way no man cometh unto the father. But by me, there's not there's heaven and hell. There's, there's not an in between. Jesus is the answer. The debt has been paid. The problem has been solved. That tomb is forever empty. It's not temporarily empty. It's forever empty. And because his is empty, mine's going to be empty. Oh, we may lay an old rusty body there for a little while to decay. But if Jesus is my Savior, this soul is never going to die. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's really a pretty simple question. It's not that hard to understand. A lot of people try to complicate the Bible. A lot of people try to complicate salvation. A lot of people try to, to talk about, well, I don't know enough about the scriptures. I don't know enough to this. I don't know enough to that. Let, 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 me, let, me just, let me just give you all of the complexity of the word of God. For all of sin that come short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death. That death is hell. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's the simplicity of the gospel. I was born a sinner, separated from God. Jesus Christ paid my price of sin, which was death. He conquered the grave. He's offered me salvation, and he's offered me eternal life. That's the simplicity of the gospel. The question is, what do we do with it when we hear the gospel? Jesus just said, there's going to be a lot of different kind of people hear it this morning. There's going to be those that hear it, and the devil's going to snatch it away, and they're going to walk out lost. There's gonna be those that hear it and they receive it with joy, but in a couple weeks, when a hard time comes along, they're gonna fade back into the old way. There's some of them, there's some of them that that they're gonna hear it and they're gonna think, boy, that sounds good now, but they're gonna go back out and they're gonna remember the the cares of the world and the riches of the world and get caught in the things of the world and they're gonna push aside the things of God again. But he also says there's some that's gonna be good ground. He says there's somebody listening that's gonna trust Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. And all their sins are going to be washed away. Old things will pass away. Behold, all things will become new. They will become a child of the king. That their, their name will be written down in heaven. They will have a place prepared where Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am there, ye may be also. There's somebody that's going to receive the word on good ground. And their name's going to be written. So I just wonder this morning... The answer to the question that Jesus asked is, who is Jesus to you? Is he Lord? I want to ask you guys if you would for a minute, bow your heads right where you are. Just bow your heads right where you are. I I want to ask you first. I want to ask you Christians right now if you'd be praying. I want to ask you Christians if you'd be praying that the Holy Spirit would do a work in this place. Because it would be a shame for anybody to be in here this morning lost and walk out those doors lost when the gift of salvation is freely offered. I wonder if there's anybody in here this morning that in your heart you say, I want to be saved, but I never have. I mean, the truth is you don't want to go to hell. You've just never taken the steps to keep you from going to hell. Maybe you've never had it presented clearly. Maybe you've turned and walked away. That's what I did a lot of times. I just turned and walked away. The grace of God just kept on reaching out. Until finally one day it all clicked and he became my Lord and my Savior. I wonder if there's anybody this morning that you've never trusted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior and you say, Today, I want to change that. The Bible says there must be a confession of our own mouth. I just told you for all of sin to come short of the glory of God so we know that we're sinners. So I wonder if you're willing to just confess your sins. Where confession is made, repentance is available. Are you willing to say something like, Father, I'm a sinner? I'm just asking you to forgive me. I'm just asking you to forgive me of my sins. I'm just asking you to save my soul. I want to go to heaven when I die. I want you to be Lord of my life. I want you to save me this morning. Now, nobody's looking. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. But here's what I want you to do. Because Jesus said, if you are ashamed of me before men, I will be ashamed of you before my Father which is in heaven. I don't want Jesus to be ashamed of me. If you said that prayer this morning, you said, I just needed to get it right. I've asked the Lord to save my soul this, this Easter Sunday morning. Right where you, don't you slip your hand up. Don't you just slip your hand up. Hold up. I see that hand. Just hold them up. Just hold them up for a minute. I look around. I see that hand. Anybody in the balcony? Just hold them high. I see that hand. Anybody else? I see that hand. I see that hand. Amen. Amen. Isn't God good? Isn't God good? I, I, want, I want you, if you would, keep your heads bowed for just a minute. I'm going to ask you nobody to get up and be moving around. I, I want to ask a, another question. Before we sing this song, heads bowed, eyes closed, one last question. I wonder if there's anyone here who maybe you have asked the Lord to save you. Maybe it was many years ago, maybe not so many, but you know you're not living that book. You've asked the Lord to save you and you believe what you did and you believe you saved, but, but you can't show the fruits of your life. You, you know that you're not living a life that you're supposed to be living as a Christian. Nobody's looking around, but, but I wonder if there's anybody this morning that just wants to say, Father, that's me. Forgive me of the things of my past and help me from this day forward. Help me to live my life pleasing to you. Help me to be in church. Help me to be a witness. Help me to make a difference with my life. Hands are already raised all over the building. Hold your hand up and say, that's me. That's me from this day forward. I'm going to do everything I can with your help. I'm going to live a life pleasing to you. Hands all over the building. Here's what I want to ask you to do this morning. I want to ask if you raise your hand and say, from this day forward, I want to commit my life. Can can I tell you something? Make, Make sure you listen to what I'm telling you. God sees your hand raised and God hears your prayer and God will answer your prayer to help you. But make no mistakes about it that the devil in hell will come against you. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. But that doesn't mean temptations won't come. That doesn't mean trials won't come. But what you're saying is from this day forward, I'm not going that way anymore. I'm not falling back again. Father, I've fallen all I want to fall. And from this day forward, I just want to please you. Several of you raised your hands this morning. Five of you raised your hand that today is the day you can write it down. Angels of heaven are rejoicing where one sinner comes to repentance. The number five is grace. Five people this morning, name is added to, to the kingdom, to the roll call. When the roll is called up yonder, there's a new name written down in glory and it's mine. Five of you can sing that song today. I want to ask you if everybody would stand. The altar is always open. If you want God to help you live a life going forward pleasing to him, I want you to come to this altar and say, God, that's me. I just want to live a life pleasing to you. Father, I want to pour everything I have into you. Maybe you just want to come down and tell him thank you. Thank you for saving my soul. Thank you for loving me in spite of me. Thank you, God, for for putting up with me. Thank you for my family. Thank you for my home. Thank you for my salvation. Thank you for the church. Maybe you just want to come tell him thank you. The altar's always open. I want you guys to pray. Sing with them. Do as the Lord leads.